You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to this show. We're getting closer to Halloween. Yay! Getting excited. And I, I've got a, uh, I got something that's kind of easing us closer to the Halloween spirit here this week. I'm going to take us back. Back when I was in school, there was two words that I always mixed up, and that's meiosis and mitosis. That's uh, fair. <laughs> these are the, the different ways that cells can divide, either by splitting into two identical cells or by dividing up just half of the genetic material and splitting into what will become sex cells like sperms and eggs. So full disclosure, I did re-look up these terms when researching this week's topic, and if you offered me $100 right now to tell you which one is which... I would still only have a 50% chance <laughs> of winning $100. I can help oh, you out. So, I, I could help yeah, I'm you. Sure. Okay. I, I, the, in my brain, it's just like, nope, nope, not going to happen. Uh, but I do want to throw a new word into the mix because when I saw it, I thought, oh, great, another one. This word <laughs> is myiasis. Oh. And you're like, oh, what? come on now. So. The reason myiasis and especially mitosis or meiosis sounds so similar has to do with scientists' obsession with Latin. So Latin was okay. the universal language of science for generations, and it was the common language that all of the learned of society spoke. It, it likely goes back to the fact that the only educated people used to be clergy, and they had to speak Latin to read the Bible, so it was a language they were most familiar writing with and you know sending letters and whatnot, so it kind of became the de facto learned language that people used. And both uh, meiosis and myiasis, uh, and sure, mitosis as well, are all from Latin. And going back even further, they all have their roots in ancient Greek. And by the mm. way, there are more similar words too. I recently learned that meiosis means like the constriction of the pupil of the eye. So apparently add that to the confusing list as well. Oh, but love that. That's only tangentially relevant to today's topic but good lord i just want to acknowledge that sometimes uh these words can get really confusing so what is my iasis well predictably it's strange and it's gross so buckle oh, up oh great love for it. our first clue well you know we're getting closer to halloween so we're getting into some of this stuff here for our first clue as to what this word means let's go to the root of the word itself in greek uh, maya means fly I don't mean the verb. I'm talking about the noun, the critter, the animal. Oh, I hate the this. The fly. So how is this oh, word spelled? Oh, I hate Diptera. this. Diptera oh. to the nerds in the know. Uh, that would be, how is it spelled? It is spelled M-Y-I-A-S-I-S. I, I don't the, like where this is going. The suffix. I the don't suffix, like where this thesis, is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you shouldn't. can mean a few things, but in a general sense, it means like, a condition or perhaps afflicted by or affected by. Affected so we have by a, word a fly? That essentially means affected by the fly. No. Help me. Help me. No. And the guilty party in this case is one of a large number of flies we collectively call the bot flies. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> now, Kirk. gentle listener. Kirk. 
Here in the season of Our Halloween, as we think about zombies and vampires and spiders and ghouls, I respectively submit you should add to this list the humble botfly. Oh. And since we're talking about the uh, etymology of entomology today, let's dive oh into God. the word origins here. And I can tell you that bot is essentially another word for maggot. Yes, I maggots. Maggots are the larval this. stage of flies. And incidentally, oh, story time. About a month ago, I put a sheet of cardboard on top of my garbage can because there uh -huh. wasn't room in the recycling. I was going to wait till the following week when I could fit in their empty can. Well, there must have been something attractive to flies in my garbage because when I came back to move it a week later and it had gotten kind of rain and kind of wet, um, I picked up the cardboard and discovered that underneath the cardboard were hundreds and hundreds of small centimeter long fly maggots crawling all over the top of my garbage can. Which I, I would walk to away down to the street. It was um, <laughs> challenging. Put it that way. Oh, no. But I digress. Yeah. Back to our story. Gross. Um, perhaps instead did of you using take the a word. Picture? Uh, of course I did. Yeah, I guess I'm <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> After the show here. Uh, so instead of using the word myiasis, I would submit that we could change it to botasis, maybe, like because <laughs> it could be affected by maggots. The way botflies reproduce is quite interesting and, of course, disturbing. First of all, they capture an insect that feeds on mammals' blood. And this really surprised me. So picture either like a mosquito or a tick or maybe even another species of fly. Uh -huh. They don't kill the insect. They simply capture it and lay their tiny eggs on it and let it go. And those huh. eggs stay dormant on that insect until it takes a blood meal from a mammal. The eggs react to the temperature change of their insect host because it's filling up with warm mammal blood and the eggs hatch and abandon ship moving quickly onto the new mammal host oh, that they're, no. you know, that they're traveling, you know, conveyance insect had found for them. And I found this super interesting. When I heard of botflies, I originally assumed that they hunted down humans to lay their eggs on. But that is not the case at all. And I'm, I'm probably biased. I mean, I know I'm biased because I'm constantly attacked by deer flies in the summer. Oh, yeah. And I just assumed botflies would do the same and just go directly for their mammal host. That feels... But nope. More... Nope. That feels easier. It, yeah. They actually get their eggs on you in this tricky roundabout way, which is super cool. So imagine these tiny new larvae are now on your skin. Uh, no, they I won't. <laughs> either find the bite wound oh, of the insect yuck. that they were riding on, or they find oh. just a hair follicle will work, and no. they burrow their oh. way into no. your body. They must no. be extremely and small. And I say, I say, yeah, they're extremely small. Um, oh, I say your yeah. body because this specific type of bot fly I'm talking about is the uh, dermata. Tobia hominis. Uh, and <laughs> you can tell by hominis on there, it goes after humans. There's actually many types of botflies in the world. Aww. We have them here in the, in the United States. Uh, they're pretty much um, in, in every state. But this type, the Dermatobia hominis, exclusively needs human hosts. And the ones that we have, like, say, here in Minnesota, they're going after other mammals. And we just, you know, on our day to day, have no idea that they're even here. Thank so goodness. So this one that goes after. Yeah, we got that going for us. The ones that go after human hosts 
are found, and I have to apologize to some of our listeners who are in these areas, they're found from Mexico south through Central America, and also in South America as far as around Southern Brazil. I know, shout out to our Brazilian listeners. Hi, we see you. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry, you live in a place that botflies. So uh, the human botflies. So this fly larva is now under your skin and growing. No. It feeds on your body. It goes through several instars or larval forms on the way to becoming an adult. And it stays under your skin for eight weeks. No. As you can imagine. No, no, no. It just gets um, worse. Causes causes irritation and even Uh pain. Uh Uh, People, you're not going to like this. People can feel the larva no! moving around under their oh, skin. No. Now, it still has to breathe. It still has to breathe. So it has a little butt snorkel that <laughs> sticks out through <laughs> the skin. And apparently if you cover the area or like take a shower, uh, the maggot has trouble breathing and it'll start to like wiggle around and that's then you can really feel it. Ew. And um, I, there's no other way to say, I'm gonna say it. The wound area can sometimes exude pus as well. Pus. <laughs> Yeah. Why would you not go to the doctor at that point? Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Get it out. Well, yeah, no, go to the doctor, especially if the following happens. And look, there's not really a great place to mention this part. So I'm just going to throw it in right here. Um, The larva can also infect the tissue at the corners of your eyes. (gasps) No. Like the little tear duct there, right in the corner of your eye. Like, so oh, you could have one of these growing in there. So that's horrifying. Um, <laughs> now you want to get rid of it. This um, is not your Halloween episode. No, this is not Halloween episode. Oh no! Yeah. Um, they can sometimes. I, you know, I almost did this for the Halloween, but I thought I got something else for Halloween. Um, they can sometimes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's worse. Um, they can sometimes be pushed out like the world's grossest pimple. Oh. Uh, basically by taking two like um, tongue depressors on each side and like kind of push them together. Um, I hate that. But so <laughs> squeezing a they do, blackhead, but it's a whole They do have backward facing spines covering their body. Oh, no. That makes removal difficult and painful. Ah. Uh, most people, as you said, you said go to the doctor. Most people do go to the doctor to have them removed. Uh, there is a number of techniques. And also nowadays, like medicines that have been shown to work. Like I think ivermectin you can give and it just sort of expels the uh, the insect. You can inject something, uh, I think like lidocaine into the spot. And literally the, the pressure of the added fluid can just push them out. But if you don't go to the doctor, they will come out on their own after two months. And interestingly, uh-huh. there's still a larva. When they emerge, they don't come out as an adult. They actually need to drop off and get into the soil to continue their life cycle in the soil to then become an adult. This is a very complicated life cycle for an insect. It is is. indeed. It is indeed. So I just want to say, wear your DEET and long pants, people. Keep the insects away. Very excited after the story, thinking about the fact that winter is coming to the Northland and (laughs) won't have to deal with insects at all. Uh-huh. But you know that's that's what I have for you today as we're as we're sliding ever so closer to Halloween. I have the gross and horrifying botfly. My sources this week were mostly the National Institute of Health uh, and an amazingly detailed and cited photo-rich creature feature from the oh. Entomology and Nematology Department at the University of Florida. Well, that was uh, I hate that. 
Mm, I know you love it. All right. We're going to take a short little break here. When we come back, Rachel, you got something kind of a little more Halloween-y, kind of getting toward the Halloween episode for us? Yeah, but not as horrifying as that. that. No, maybe I should have saved this one for the Halloween episode. You're welcome, everybody. All right. uh, We'll take that break. We'll be right back with Rachel. Our poor Instagram. Welcome back, everyone. Caterpillars. Are we recovered? No. More or less. Uh, no. Never. No. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about this. <laughs> Caterpillars. We've talked about some wild insects on the show, and we've talked about mimicry, and we've talked mm-hmm. about the life yeah. cycle and the craziness that is metamorphosis in the first place. Yes. For this particular caterpillar, I truly don't have words. <laughs> For this one, I'm talking about oh the hag moth. Now, the moth, the adult form of this particular caterpillar, is more or less unassuming brown moth. It has little white tufts by its front legs around where the abdomen and thorax meet. And it's not super big. Okay. It doesn't look super imposing or anything like that. The caterpillar... It has its own name. It's called the monkey slug caterpillar. (laughs) Monkey slug. That's great. Monkey slug. It does occur in North America. And I've sent you both. Just take a look at the photo. I've sent you both. And tell me how you describe this. Because I'm at a loss of how exactly to describe this. (laughs) What? What? Rachel. Uh Uh-huh. It looks like a... Uh-huh. That's a caterpillar? That's a caterpillar. My first thought was um like the first vibes I'm getting was like centipede. Mm-hmm. Or not, no, God, tick centipede. maybe? Uh, uh, spider. So the, the first vibes I was getting is like a tarantula. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of legged furry and looking. Hairy. Lots yep. of legs. Looks like a pipe cleaner that's been doubled up a lot. Ooh. Uh, yes. Ooh, yeah. There, so I, so I count one, mm-hmm. two, three, four. Well, I can't even count. One, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Can't mm-hmm. even tell. Fourteen? Fifteen? It's, it's someone kind of run together. Like, there's like seven or so legs coming off each side. I think, yeah, brown pipe cleaners that kind of curl at the ends. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't look like a caterpillar. <laughs> it does not sure look does like not. a caterpillar. Like so, huh? It's monkey weird. slug caterpillar. Yeah. Okay. I don't really remember how I happened upon this. But I was like, what is that? Anyway, so I this... Mean, I don't want one crawling <laughs> on my face at night, I'll tell you that. Well, I'm sorry to nope. tell you that they do exist in Michigan. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in Michigan. No, we're not, but... Perfect. Anyway, <laughs> so obviously it's a very distinctive little caterpillar... And it can be mistaken for like a the a shed of some hairy tufts of fur from like a fox or something like that, or maybe like you said, Kirk, okay. a spider. Uh, oh, it does sure. look very similar to a spider. It has about nine pairs of nine tubercles. Pairs. Wow, okay. So those are not limbs tubercles? at all. Tubercles. Yes. Huh. 
Sorry. They're I not. Found a spider they're not house. limbs at all. No, they're saying. not limbs. Oh, so they're just like wow. little tentacly things sticking Gross. off of its back, yeah. basically. Yes, pretty much. Oh. So it's a really flat caterpillar with its legs tucked up underneath, and those are just hairy projections of very of wow. different lengths along a flattened body. So weird. Isn't Nature that truly wild? is remarkable. So that's it's yeah. a nine it's nine pairs, so that's eighteen. So uh, I will say, if you do come across this particular caterpillar in the wild, don't pick it up. I don't know why you okay. want to. It can cause imitation. Uh, so imitation. I I just said imitation. Irritation. You said imitation. <laughs> you pick it up and it transmorphs mm-hmm. into you. Uh. Now we see why it's a spooky story. Uh-huh. Irritation. Irritation. Oh, irritation. <laughs> irritation. <laughs> Suddenly yeah, I tend it to avoid the sense. furry ones because you never know. Yeah, the furry you never ones yeah. nope. it can be. Do not pick up hairy caterpillars, you guys. That's no. a bad idea. Yeah, so this particular caterpillar, overall, it just looked super bizarre. It was like a major reason why I wanted to talk about this, especially since the adult yeah. truly looks so normal. It is a brown moth. That's it. Yep. So. Wow. All of the hairy tubercles, tubercles, projection, false legs, they are there for protection of that caterpillar. Uh, They can fall off if they get snagged or anything and the caterpillar can continue on its way. They're pretty small. They're only about one. They're not even an inch long. They're one and a half oh, to wait, two wait, and a half the, in- centimeters long. The whole thing or the, the, or the, whole the things sticking thing. off? Oh, okay. Wow, that's a wee It is tiny. It's not even an inch. Yeah. Wee little tiny thing. It. I oh. guess people thought it could be mistaken for like a, a dead dry leaf. And in which case, what leaves are they looking at? Because I have uh, questions. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. Tough to fur, I can kind of see maybe. Yeah. Sure. Small yeah. spider, I could kind of see, but uh-huh. no, not, not, not a, a leaf. leaf. No. Nerp. No. So they have really short little legs. They're pretty much like little proto legs, and they're pretty much little suction cups as they walk along a leaf. Aww. Right? They're so cute. So they it walk around and they live on the underside of leaves and they feed on the the leaf and they of whatever they can find um for they're more of a generalist so they'll go for like apple ash cherry dogwood oak walnut okay. willow whatever they can right they'll eat Just like those basic caterpillar cool. stuff basic caterpillar stuff they'll go through that and they will um then become a pupa where they are in like a c-shaped type cocoon and then they will emerge as their adult moth self at three centimeters. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. Not a ton is known about this particular species. We're still learning more and more about it, but it just looked too bizarre to not talk about. Um, there are multiple <laughs> species of these. I talked about the monkey slug. Uh, caterpillar however there are many species of slug caterpillar moths um 
and they all look wild. Um, just <laughs> well, you know sure. what's really cool, Rachel. <laughs> I, I got good news and bad news for everybody. Yeah. The the good news is if you want to see what they look like, you can check out our Instagram feed. You right? absolutely can yeah, check out our Instagram. Definitely. It will be there. It is a please do. Yeah, it's like this flat. It looks like a if you smushed a tarantula, is kind of a <laughs> yeah. good descriptor of this. What's the bad but news? Remember, though? I said the, there's bad news is that there's probably gonna be a picture of a bot fly larva there too. Yeah, there yeah. is. So, yeah. sorry. So you take the good, you take the bad, take the rest. Well, just Ooh, wait till we get to my topic. Fine. It's gonna be a oh, real hat trick for this episode. Oh, our poor oh, Instagram God. feed. <laughs> All right, so All right, that's what I have for you both this week. Monkey slug caterpillar just looked weird and bizarre, <laughs> and I wanted to share. And now I'm like so scared. It's, it's three animals of the that don't go together. Oh, okay. oh God! Oh boy! We're gonna take a quick break, right. and when we return, it'll be Victoria. <laughs> Strange by Nature podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who have joined the Society of Strange, our membership group on over at patreon.com slash strangebynature. Society of Strange members can join at one of three different membership levels and help support the show and also get some fun stuff like water bottle stickers or access to a super secret content. So a thank you to those who have joined already to help make this podcast possible. If you haven't joined yet, we'll see you soon over at at the Society of Strange at patreon.com slash strangebynature. See you soon. All right, so Kirk and Rachel, you've worked with me, so you may know, you may be able to guess what I'm getting at. I'm going to talk in our lead up to Halloween episode about a topic that is scary to me personally. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And okay. I'm just going to say, as a naturalist and as oh, a future nurse, I know I am what not, this is. I'm not too easily grossed out by stuff in general. I mean, bot flies are pretty gross. Sure. That was gross. But, yeah. you know, right. poop, yeah. blood, wounds, dead animal yeah. carcasses, you know, <laughs> as a naturalist working okay. in nature centers. It kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you're working with animal ambassadors who have gotten very comfortable handling all kinds of animals, including snakes, toads, turtles, raptors. And, you know, these are all carnivores, so I've also gotten comfortable handling their food, which is like frozen dead mice, yep. live crickets, minnows, worms. No problem. Gotten a rat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's one that you're missing there, Victoria. There sure is. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's one creature that sometimes lives in nature centers that I have not been able to get used to and really <laughs> avoid as much as possible. So for this mm -hmm. Halloween month, I am talking about something that I really don't like. I am talking about cockroaches. Bear. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. How have we not I... talked about cockroaches? <laughs> I do not know. Researching oh. this episode was so uncomfortable for me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I had to look at I... so many pictures of cockroaches. <laughs> Are you going for a particular species or just like... No. Just just to, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about cockroaches in general. I can't stand them. Thinking about them mm -hmm. gives me the willies. I don't like being in the same room as a tank full of them, although I will tolerate mm -hmm. it <laughs> if I need yeah. to. I won't reach I into have, the tank. Sorry. I <laughs> might have some cockroaches in my house right now. Oh, but that's, well. I, have, I have a gecko. Like, wait, wait, so wait. They're, cont like, they're contained. They're contained. 
They're contained. Okay, it's they're fine. not like just like under your fridge. Oh okay. my god, I would cry. Yeah, I mean, I basically have a phobia. I, I, will, I will tell you, Victoria, mm-hmm. that um, our colony, we have a colony uh, yeah. of them at, at work, as you know, uh, it had gotten so large mm-hmm. and one of the other nature centers locally uh, needed theirs replenished. So we are right now splitting our colony in half to oh. give them a bunch because we you. have such a bounty of cockroaches. We're so Lovely. good at raising them. Lovely. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my dislike of cockroaches stems uh, to my childhood in a New York City apartment where mm. we were frequently that, yeah. visited by cockroaches. Fair. Yeah. And I hate their shiny brown bodies and their long wispy antennae <laughs> and their leathery wings and the way they scuttle. Oh, the leathery wings. Yeah. yeah. And the unexpected I, indoor places you find them sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> I, I will say I can't, I can't stand like if I sit there and listen to their scuttling, especially on like plastic or glass <laughs> or anything for too long, it will get to me. Yeah. Oh, you know, the roaches I grew up with and the roaches that are kept as food for reptiles and amphibians in nature centers are, are different species. Different, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, there are about 4,600 species of cockroaches. Uh, which wow. are That's the, more than I expected. Yeah, they're, they're, the name of their order is Blatodia, or Blatodia, which also is a gross-sounding word to me. I don't know. Anyway. Nah. <laughs> um, only around but, uh, 30 of these species live around humans and only four of them are really sort of major pests in new york city there are apparently four species these four i guess um probably the small ones that would show up up in our apartment were the german cockroaches the Mm. ones that really Mm. really i didn't like like big two inch suckers uh (laughs) were american cockroaches that would show up in the bathtub not fun not oh that's not okay nope nope not no 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 especially if you're in it at the time yeah, no. no. Paddle his little legs toward you. Gonna yeah. come on over to sit on your knee. How you doing? <laughs> I'm drowning. How you doing? So the ones at nature centers are <laughs> moving on. The ones at nature centers are usually Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're being used for education, yeah, yeah, those yeah. are the big ones. Those are the big ones. I guess I don't know what species you keep as dubia. feeders. Uh, for feeders, we use uh, the dubia. dubia roaches. Okay, yeah, they're a little smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Madagascar hissing cockroaches uh, are a large wingless species that are found in rotting logs in their natural habitat mm. in Madagascar, and mm-hmm. do not normally live inside buildings. And I guess the the dubia probably don't normally live inside buildings either. They're not a pest Mm-mm. species, I assume. No. I've only seen them in aquariums living in um, layers of egg crates, so I really can't speak to their native habitat. Yeah. Um, I have talked a lot about how gross I find cockroaches, uh, but I do also want to talk about some of the ways in which cockroaches are cool and weird. Oh, yeah. So First of all, most of them live in warm tropical or subtropical areas, but there are species that can survive in um, different habitats, wide range of habitats, including deserts and cold areas. For example, there are some alpine type species that can tolerate their bodies freezing down to uh, minus nine Celsius, or that's 16 Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. And, you know, as a side note, there are claims all over the internet about how some cockroaches can survive in the Arctic. 
I did not mm. find any scientific information to back that up. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. probably they can survive inside buildings in the Arctic, but sure. I'm not sure about outside. I was not able to verify that claim, although it is repeated in many places. I mean, surviving yeah. if someone drops you outside and picks you up later is different than like your species surviving there too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something I learned in researching this is I, I knew that termites and cockroaches are thought to be related, but in, in fact, they're very closely related. And in fact, there's not really a big difference. So termites are just kind of oh, a, really? a group within the cockroaches, essentially. A small cockroach, huh? Yeah. Huh. And uh, similar to termites, roaches can digest cellulose from wood, which is a very difficult material to digest. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the ways that uh, some of them digest wood is because of symbiotic protozoa that live in their gut, in addition to some, which uh, the protozoa then have symbiotic bacteria themselves. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I was thinking, oh, bacteria, but no protozoa, but the protozoa have the bacteria that digest the cellulose. And it's like a turducken. Basically. Basically, yes. (laughs) <laughs> turducken of digesting wood. Oh, digestive turducken. Oh, that's the title <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. He's writing it down. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> At any rate, uh, termites, some termites have those digestive turduckens, and some cockroaches <laughs> have them too, apparently. And the last thing I want to talk about is cockroach family life, uh, which is actually kind of sweet. Cockroaches are generally very social insects, (laughs) gregarious, Mm -hmm. as they say. And they form family groups, at least some species do, which is, you know, it's kind of heartwarming. Um, And having observed Madagascar hissing cockroaches, you can tell that they like being around each other. They just kind of like do little cockroach piles and hang out, Mm -hmm. cuddle up. Um, cockroaches are also good mothers. There are several species of cockroach that are ovoviviparous, which means that the eggs will develop to maturity inside the mother's body, and then she'll give birth to live babies. Uh, and there's in fact, yeah, one species, uh, which is the Pacific beetle cockroach, Diploptera punctata, that is Hmm. truly viviparous, which means it it will gestate its young basically inside a uterus. It's called a brood sac, but basically like a uterus. And wow. <clears throat> harking back to my episode about non-mammalian milks, it secretes a milk-like substance to nourish its developing young inside of its brood sac. <sighs> I must have missed that That's one when I was in. writing that episode before. But uh, I did talk about tsetse flies, which have a similar kind of yeah. system going. Gross cockroach milk. Yeah, don't like to think about that too much. I hate but. that. Mm. It's the next new health craze, you guys. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> cockroach milk. Oh my god. So that's Kirk, no. pretty much what I have to say about cockroaches. I still don't like them, but they do have some cool things about them, and you know, they're kind of they're socially sweet as insects go. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say as a side note, it is quite difficult to do searches for scientific information about cockroaches on the Google because 
so much of the information out there is just about pest control. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's all exterminator yeah. sites, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. That's mm-hmm. going to be our Instagram this week. Pictures uh-huh. of cockroaches, botfly larvae, and uh, what's, the, I've now forgotten uh, already the weird name of your Caterpillar. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hairy slug. Oh, it's going to be delightful, folks. Go check it out. Give us a few likes. We appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's that's what we got this week. Good talking to you. Thanks for listening. Bye. How is this not the Halloween episode? Oh, God. Next what week. is next week? Next week, folks. See you for next week for Halloween. Oh, no. <laughs> Talk Bye. to you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of The Strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace the strange.